Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. To our family, how y'all doing tonight? Everybody doing all right? Y'all good? Cool. Well, man, it really does feel so good and refreshing, at least for me, to, to be back. Uh, it's been a good long break, but it feels good, uh, really good, to be kicking off a new year, a new semester together here at the living room. And I just want to say this from the top. Um, I and my team, we, we really do believe uh, we're full of expectation that God's going to continue to do some really amazing things um, in this coming year at the living room. And, uh, and that, that applies to this semester. Like I think in this spring semester, we're going to see God do some things that we've never seen before. Um, I think we're going to experience some moments together as a family that are just significant moments that maybe you remember for the rest of your life. Maybe moments for you personally or even moments just for someone else that's a part of this family. And uh, I just want to let you know, whether you're here for the first time tonight or it's like your 31st time, uh, you're a part of the TLR fam. Like you, you are, uh, you belong here. Uh, you belong even if you're not sure what you believe yet. Like you belong. This is a place that's designed for you, a safe place for you to go on that journey and so with all that being said, since every Monday we just believe and we've seen time and time again that God shows up every single week, every single time that we gather as a community, um, I think it's just important to, to make it a priority to be here. I realize that things come up, you know, and there's times where you've got a test to study for or you're not feeling well or you have work or whatever it might be. But I would just challenge all of you, every single person in this room, to try to make it a top priority to be here every single Monday night because truly, um, I feel like if you're not here, you really are kind of missing out. And yes, we stream online, so if you ever can't make it, you can totally tune in with us on YouTube. But man, there's just something special about being in the room together. Um, am I the only one, only one who, who feels that? Y'all with me on that? Yeah, yeah, a few of you. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this semester. I'm excited for tonight. Tonight we're beginning this new two-part series called That Hits Different. That Hits Different. Some of you have, have said that phrase. Maybe you're like, yo, I said that phrase every single day of my life. Um, others of you, you've heard your friends say that phrase. You're pointing to your friend. You're like, she says it a lot. She needs to stop saying it so much. Um, but that hits different. Like we've said it, we've heard it said before. And I started thinking, Matt, like what, what hits different for you? And you know what hits different for me in this season of my life? And some of these things I'm about to say, it's not just in this season of my life. It's been for like a lot of seasons in my life. Honestly, the first thing that came to mind for me was Taco Bell at like 1 a.m. Like, <laughs> okay, I was like hoping I wasn't the only one, you know? You know that moment where it's like 1 a.m. and you're just like, oh, I'm feeling kind of hungry, but I'm not at all, but I, I am, you know? And you're like, what, what do you want? I want seven tacos and a nacho spell grande. That's what I want, you know? And you go there and you get it and then you immediately regret it. And like, it hits different later in a different way, but like, you, <laughs> um, but, but it's bad, you know? But for me, it just does. Taco Bell at 1 a.m., it's been a minute, but man, I, I might do it on the way home from the living room tonight. I don't know. Um, it just hits different. Another thing that came to mind for me was I'm a dad now, and uh, I've been a dad for a few years. Uh, I have a, a two, two little girls. I'm a girl dad, and uh, Willow is our oldest. She's uh, almost three and a half, and then Nomi is our youngest. She's almost eight months, and uh, Nomi obviously doesn't have a lot of words yet, but like when she smiles or laughs at me, it just hits different. When Willow looks at me the other day, we're in the car, and she's like, hey, dad. I'm like, hey, Willow, what's up? She's like, I love you so much. And I was like, man, that hits different. Like it just does, it just hits different. Um, 
Another thing that came to mind was I'm, I'm back in school. I'm in seminary right now. I'm, I'm going through that. Um, wow, that's a lot of encouragement. I didn't even appreciate I need the encouragement. You're like, you can do this, man. I'm actually taking a semester off, and I took last semester off as well, but I'll get back soon. Uh, keep going, though. You can do it. Um, but, yeah, like when a professor says, like, hey, that paper, extended due date. That hits different, you know? Eat, right, come on. Y'all are like, preach. Um, but it's true. Like, it just hits different. Even if I'm like, yo, the paper was ready to go. I was about to click, you know, submit. It still just hits different. The other day, I'm in the Starbucks drive-thru. And I got a, a grande, uh, grande I'm, I'm saying grande weird. I got a grande uh, pike coffee. And then I get to the window and they give me a venti. And I was like, yo, I think I got a grande. And they're like, oh, you know what? Free upgrade, I guess. And I was like, free upgrades just hit different to me in this season of my life. Like, that just hits Different, I'm curious to know, some of you, it sounds like from the feedback, some of these things you can relate with, but uh, what hits different for you? Uh, like you can, I want some interaction here. I'm just curious, like anybody got anything that, that just hits different? What hits different for you? When class is canceled. That certainly hits different. That hits different. Anybody over here, you got something that just, what hits different? You're like spitting rhymes over here when you wake up and you think you got class, but it's actually Friday and you ain't got no class. That's what he said. Amen, brother. Uh, when Tom Brady loses, that might hit different for you. Sorry, too soon. Uh, what is it? Direct deposit. That hits different. <laughs> that hits different. Um, amazing. Wow. Uh, we're going to direct deposit at two bucks into all of you. I'm kidding. Um, that'd be amazing. One more, one more. Yeah, what hits different? When you have full gas in your car. This is a side note. This has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight. But is anyone that type of person that like when your tank gets halfway, you fill it up? Okay, why? Like wait till it's on E, you know what I'm saying? You don't need to fill it up when it's halfway. Wait till it's on E. Anyways, we'll move on, we'll move on. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. But here's the deal. We could go on and on. A lot of you have things that just hit different. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're tracking with me. This is good. It's good news. Some of you might be like, Matt, where are you going with this? Like, it's cool. That hits different. We know what that phrase means, but, but why is that the title of what we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks? Well, here's why. It's because I believe that when you clearly discover, like clearly discover who Jesus is, like the character of Jesus, his heart, the way he views people, the way he views you, when you clearly see who Jesus is, that hits different. And so the question I wanna ask you tonight as we really dive in, and the question that's kind of the foundational question for the next couple of weeks, is this question right here, and I really want you to take this question seriously because I think it's probably one of the most important questions you could ever consider in your life? It's this question. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Not who is Jesus to like your grandparents or who is Jesus to your aunt or uncle or your mom or dad or that friend that invited you tonight, who's Jesus to them or who's, your, who's Jesus to your small group leader? No, 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 no. Who is Jesus to you? Maybe for you, when you think about who Jesus is, maybe you kind of think about like a textbook. You know, like one of those big 
textbooks that you put it in your backpack and immediately it's like a 45 pound weight, you know? Like maybe that's what you think when you think about Jesus and you just think, man, there's just all these rules that you have to follow, all these things I need to memorize and remember. Or maybe when you think about Jesus, you think about like a referee and you think about Jesus just being up like in heaven, looking down on you, just waiting for you to mess up, waiting to blow the whistle for you to do the wrong thing, to call a foul, to put you in timeout. Maybe when you think about Jesus, you think about like a contract, you know, that like you have to sign. And it's like, hey, you can do this, you can't do that. You could say this, you can't say that. Maybe when you think about Jesus, you just think about like a grandfather sitting on a front porch, just in a rocking chair, you know? And you're like, he's a really good guy. He's kind, he's loving, he's awesome. I like spending time with him now and then, but honestly, he's kind of dull, kind of boring. So like, I don't get too close to him too often because I feel like I'm just, that would lead me down a path of living out like a mundane life. Maybe when you think about Jesus, you think about like a boxing glove because maybe you're not a Jesus follower, but you've been around people who claim to be and you feel like every time you are, they're just using their faith in Jesus as a way to go after people and as a way to tell people that what they're doing is wrong and they can't do this, they can't say that in a very condemning way. Or maybe when you think about Jesus, you think about like a ruler or like a measuring stick because you feel like you can just never fully measure up. Like no matter how hard you try, you're never gonna be good enough. But when you get a clear picture of who Jesus really is, I'm telling you, that just hits different. That hits different. So tonight we're gonna look at a conversation that Jesus has with one of his earliest disciples, one of his earliest followers. Disciples is just a word that means follower. And this was one of Jesus's earliest followers. And at the time it would have seemed like this, this, this guy who followed Jesus, that this was like an unexpected person that you would have never assumed Jesus to even come close to interacting with. And so it's in the, found in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter nine. Let me give you a little context before we dive in. Jesus had been going from town to town, healing people, doing amazing things. In fact, in the beginning of Matthew chapter nine, um, Jesus had just healed this like paralyzed, this blind man actually. And, um, and pe some people were like, um, hey, that's awesome. They were left in awe. Some people weren't quite sure what they had just experienced. And then there were others who were like infuriated. Like they were calling Jesus out saying, this is blasphemy. Like, who are you? Who says these types of things? Because right before Jesus healed the man, he forgave him of his sins. But it says Jesus kept going. He, he went on to the next town. And this is where the text picks up in Matthew chapter nine, verse nine. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now this is important. I wanna stop right here just for a second and pause on this word tax collector. Because you might be like, cool, Matthew was a tax collector. But here's why that's important to know and important to kind of dig deeper in is because tax collectors were Jews who collected taxes for the government of Rome. And basically Rome would say, hey, here's what you need to go collect from every single person, but there were no regulations. So from that point forward, it was like, you're allowed as tax collectors to basically collect whatever it is on top of what you need to collect from these people. So essentially they had the full freedom from the government, the backing of the government to go and to rob and cheat and steal and lie to their very own people. And they did this. So tax collectors were hated. 
like they were despised. In fact, people would often say the phrase tax collectors and sinners. In the scripture, you see that phrase multiple times, tax collectors and sinners, tax collectors and sinners. It's almost like tax collectors had their own category of bad. Like they couldn't even be connected with sinners. It was like, no, 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 they're, they're in a totally different category. Like that's how hated they are. There's, there's sinners and then there's, there's tax collectors. And so it, it goes on. Look at what Jesus says to him. He says, follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Of all the things that Jesus could have said to Matthew in this moment, like he comes across this man, Jesus you know, presumably would have known who Matthew was. And Jesus just looks at him and says, hey, follow me. But notice what Jesus didn't say. See, Jesus didn't say, hey, Matthew, here's what you need to do, then come follow me. Matthew, I want you to go and clean your life up, then follow me. Hey, Matthew, I want you to go and, and give all that money back that you've been stealing from people for, from, for quite some time now, then follow me. He didn't say, Matthew, I want you to go redeem your reputation amongst the Jews, like get right with everybody, and then come follow me. He didn't say that. He just simply extended the invitation to Matthew to follow. And this invitation was a really big deal. Why? Well, because Matthew, or rather Jesus, was inviting Matthew to be a part of his inner circle. This was an invitation into a relationship with Jesus. And this invitation was one that would change Matthew's life forever. Jesus extended this invitation to Matthew. He said, Matthew, follow me. And the text goes on, we keep going. Check this out. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples, his followers. So, so pause right there just for a second. Um, we can go back, yeah, yeah. This is a really big deal because Jesus not only just extended the invitation to Matthew to come follow him, but now Jesus is having dinner at Matthew's house with Matthew's people like with other tax collectors and some sinners. There's that phrase, tax collectors and sinners. So I don't know about for you, but like when I meet someone at like a coffee shop, you know, it's like, what's up, what's your name? And they're like, oh, my name's Joe, what's your name? I'm like, Matt, I usually am not like, yo, bro, you wanna come over to my house and have dinner right now? Like, that's kind of an intimate thing, you know? Like that's something you do with someone who's like a close friend, someone you've known for a while, you know, like sharing a meal, inviting them over to their house. And I'm definitely not gonna be like, oh, Joe, that's awesome. Bro, can I come over to your house and have dinner? Like, is it cool if I actually come to your house? That's what Jesus did. He's like, Matthew, follow me. And then he's like, hey, I'm actually gonna come over to your house right now tonight and have dinner with you and your, and your people. And so check this out. When the Pharisees saw this, the Pharisees were like the religious people of the day. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Jesus' followers, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I could imagine they're like exasperated. They're like, yo, what is he doing? See, this wasn't like an honest question. It's not like they were just curious and they're like, hey, can you tell us more? Why does Jesus eat with those tax collectors and sinners? No, 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 this was a shot at Jesus disguised as a question. It's kind of like this. I don't know if this is a good illustration or not, but I'm just gonna go for it, so just go with me. It's kind of like when I'm about to walk out the door, you know, and I'm like, yo, Ann, Ann's my wife. I'm like, Ann, I'll see you later, I'm about to leave. And she's like, oh, cool, hey, is that what you're wearing? And I'm like, oh no, no, actually I was just testing to see what the weather was like. I'm not wearing this. Oh, what, what do you think? Of course not, now I'm not wearing that, you know? 
That, that happens often. It happened uh, maybe yesterday. Uh, it was kind of like that, though. Like it was a question, but it wasn't really a question. Essentially what the Pharisees were asking was, hey, why is your teacher associating with them? Why is your teacher building relationships and community with them? Why is your teacher reaching out to them? Why is your teacher spending time with them? Why is he interacting with them? And on hearing this, check this out. On hearing this, Jesus said, and this is huge, don't miss this. Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. We keep going. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus is like, hey, here's why. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus is like, this is why I've come to the earth. Jesus came for the Matthews of the world. The Matthews of the world are the reason why Jesus came from heaven to earth. He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. See, the Pharisees, they were really good at offering sacrifices out in the temple, out in the public, where everyone could see what they were doing. But when it came to mercy, when it came to compassion towards other people, they missed it. They missed it. The Pharisees, they focused on religion, but Jesus was focused on a relationship. The Pharisees, they focused on the outward appearance and trying to convince everyone around them, everyone in the town that they were good, they had it all together, that they were just about as close to perfect as you could possibly be. But Jesus focused on the heart. The Pharisees showed their love for God through religious rituals that they would do that honestly oftentimes had no meaning at all. But Jesus, he expressed his love and compassion through compassion towards people. For Jesus, no one was untouchable, unreachable, or unredeemable. And this is big because there's somebody in the room tonight that you kind of feel like Matthew. You feel like at this point, maybe because of what you've done in life, because of what your past history says, that like there's no way Jesus would come anywhere near you. There's no way Jesus would actually want to associate with you, that he would want a relationship with you. Like it's, it's way too far gone. Maybe you feel like you blew it a whole long time ago. And now you're way past that. But for Jesus, no one was untouchable, unreachable or unredeemable. And that includes you. So I wanna to speak to the believer in the room tonight for just a moment. For the person who claims to be a, a Jesus follower in the room. And this is gonna be kind of be challenging, um, but it's been challenging for myself as well. So I'm saying this in love. But to the believer, to the Christ follower in the room tonight, who in your life, who in your world are you choosing to not associate with? What group of people do you avoid like at all cost? Or another way to say it, to kind of put it in the context of this story. Are there any Matthews in your life? Any people that you're just like, no way am I associating with them. Because honestly, I don't think Jesus would. But you know what's interesting? Check this out. People who were nothing like Jesus, liked Jesus. Like when you read the, the scriptures, when you open up the pages of the Bible, 
You discover really quickly, man, people who were nothing like Jesus, people who seemed like they would have been the furthest away from a relationship with Jesus, they actually liked Jesus. They loved spending time with him. And guess what? That should be true of Jesus followers today. Like people who are far from Jesus should actually enjoy being around Jesus followers. Even if they don't agree at all, with, with what we believe, like non-Christians should in some ways be envious of people who are Christians, who follow Jesus. They should be like, man, those people love each other really well. Those people are kind. Those people encourage each other a lot. They never gossip, but when they do gossip, they are always gossiping encouragement behind one another's backs. Like that should be the mark of Jesus followers. But come on, if we're being honest, it's not always the case. Too often times, whether consciously or unconsciously, we can act like the Pharisees outside of Matthew's house, right? Where we're on the outside kind of looking in and we're like, Jesus, he would never associate with him. He would never associate with her. He would never associate with them, with that group of people. But see, Jesus, he wasn't worried about Matthew changing before he followed. Like Jesus knew Matthew, he knew who he was, he knew what he had been doing, he knew the life that he was living. But when Jesus extended the invitation to Matthew to come and follow, he wasn't worried about that. He wasn't worried about Matthew changing before he followed because Jesus knew that if Matthew gets close enough, that if Matthew really follows him, then it's going to be impossible for his life to not begin to look different over time. And here's what I want you to know. Change is not a prerequisite to following Jesus. Maybe for a while you felt like before I could follow Jesus, I have to make these changes in my life. Before I could follow Jesus, I gotta get a streak of coming to TLR at least five weeks in a row. Like before I follow Jesus, you fill in the blank. Maybe you've convinced yourself or someone in your life has convinced you that change is a prerequisite before you can actually step into and fully follow Jesus. But no, no, no. Change is not a prerequisite to following Jesus. Change is a result of following Jesus. Change isn't a prerequisite to following Jesus. Like Jesus can't meet you where you hope to be. Jesus can't meet you where you feel like you used to be. No, Jesus can only meet you right where you are. And as you step into a relationship with Jesus, as you begin to follow him over time, your life is going to begin to change. Like the closer you get to Jesus, the more like him you're going to become. In fact, I wanna say another thing to the believer in the room, and I hope this comes across as encouragement. Like I just challenged you, I want this to be encouraging. Becoming more like Jesus, conforming into his image, that's a process. Like some of you Christ followers, you need to cut yourself some slack and give yourself a little bit of grace. You're going to mess up. You're not gonna get it right every single time. And that's okay. That's what it means to be on the journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. None of us are there. None of us ever will be there until we take our final breath and take a step into heaven. Becoming like Jesus is a process. The second thing I wanna say, and the final thing I wanna say to the Christ followers in the room tonight, let's stop putting unnecessary obstacles in front of people who don't even believe yet. 
okay? Here's what I mean by that. People who aren't followers of Jesus yet, let's not make it difficult for them to come to know Jesus. Like, let's not try to put these obstacles in front of people who don't know Jesus yet. Let's just try to make it as easy as possible. Let's try to make the path as clear for them as possible for them to come to know who Jesus is. And for the person in the room tonight who is not a Jesus follower, which if you're in the room tonight and that's you, I am so glad you're here. I know it takes a lot of courage to show up to a place like this when you're not even sure what you believe. And if that's you, I just want you to know that Jesus isn't trying to rip you off in life. He's not trying to put you inside a box. No, 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 it's, it's actually the opposite. Jesus is trying to free you. Jesus wants you to live life and life to the full. He wants you to experience maximum freedom in this world. Like Jesus knows you better than you even know yourself. Jesus has more in store for you than you could ever imagine. Like if you could just catch a glimpse of what Jesus sees when he looks at you, if you could catch a glimpse of what Jesus sees when he looks at your future, it would absolutely blow your mind. And like Matthew, Jesus isn't worried about your past. He's not worried about your sins. He's not even really worried about your current struggles. Jesus just says, hey, follow me. The invitation's on the table, follow me. Yeah, yeah, I know you have that. Yeah, yeah, I know that's in your past. Yeah, I know you're struggling with this. We'll figure that out, but follow me. I, I want a relationship with you. See, Jesus, didn't come to offer rules to control your life. No, 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 Jesus came to offer a relationship that would ultimately change your life. And man, just for me personally, I can remember like Paul, like I put my faith in Jesus at a young age, I'm not even really sure when, but it was a young age. But at 17 years old, going into my senior year of high school, I remember vividly the moment when I really felt like I heard Jesus, not like in an audible voice, but I felt the nudge inside my heart of Jesus saying, Matt, follow me, follow me. And before that moment, I was full of insecurity. I worried so much about what other people would think of me. Like before that moment, doing this, what I'm doing right now, no way, absolutely not. I've been way too concerned about what other people thought. Before that moment, I was fearful to step out and take risk. But after really accepting the invitation to follow Jesus, to put my faith and trust in him, to step into a relationship with him, I'm telling you, you guys, over time, it's been amazing to see how he's given me confidence that I never knew I could have, how he's actually restored things in me, how he's given me the ability to say, you know what, Matt, you don't have to be so worried about what other people think. You can step out and take risks. Is it still a struggle at times? Do I still feel those insecurities? Do I still worry about what other people think? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, without Jesus, I don't know where I'd be. I could tell you countless stories about people I know who before they met Jesus, they were addicted, but now they've been set free. Before they met Jesus, they were wounded, like deep for real wounds, but now they're healed. Before they met Jesus, they were anxious, but now they're full of peace. 
before they met Jesus, they were searching, like searching everywhere in life for something that would give them meaning. But now they found true and real purpose. Before they met Jesus, they were hopeless, but now they are hopeful, filled of hope for their future. Before they met Jesus, they were anxious and they were weary and beat down, but now they're filled with joy. Before they met Jesus, they were weak, but now they are strong. They have a strength they never knew they could have. Before they met Jesus, all they could think about was their broken past and their mistakes, but now they are so excited because they realize that God's redeeming even the broken parts and he's given them so much hope for their future. Before they met Jesus, they were mourning and felt struck down in life by this thing called grief, but now they are filled with comfort. He's turned their mourning to dancing. Before they met Jesus, they were dead spiritually, but now they've come to life. This is who Jesus is. And when you come to know the real Jesus, like who Jesus truly is, his heart for you, the way he sees you, the way he extends love towards you, no matter what you've done, I'm telling you, that hits different. That hits different. So man, come on. There's somebody in the room tonight that like, this is news to you. And maybe you're like, man, this, this feels like really good news. And it's why what I'm about to share with you, what's called the gospel, the word gospel literally means good news. Like I wanna tell you actually the greatest news you could ever hear. It's the fact that you are a sinner, that you've messed up probably a lot more than you'd like to admit. Same for me. And that because of your sin, you are now separated from God eternally. But guess what? God recognized that. He recognized that your sin created this distance between him and you. And so God sent Jesus down to earth to live on this earth, to live a perfect sinless life, and then to go to the cross, to die in your place, like your sin, my sin, put Jesus on the cross. And Jesus died on the cross and for three days was in the tomb, but he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the grave so that now we can put our faith and trust in Jesus, not in a Jesus who's been crucified, but a Jesus who's resurrected and who's alive. And if you put your faith in Jesus, then now you have eternal life. And you don't just have like life, once you die, now you go to heaven. That's a big part of it, obviously. But you can have like real life here and now, like fulfilling life, a full life. Doesn't mean you won't have any problems in life, but it means you have a hope, you have an anchor, you have a firm foundation through it all. And so there's somebody in the room tonight that you know for a fact at some point, while I've been talking, it's like my voice grew silent and the voice of God was growing in your heart and maybe your heart was like beating. You're like, man, I want that. I want a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, do you follow me? And so here's what I'd love for us to do. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus right now. So if you would all across the room, would you just bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment of concentration. And if tonight is the night that you wanna put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, you wanna step into a relationship with him, you clearly hear Jesus saying, hey, saying your name specifically, follow me. Then I just would love to invite you to pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it silently in your heart, but just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a savior. 
I believe God that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And God, I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. In Jesus' name. If you would keep your head bowed for just a moment longer. If you just prayed that prayer, you just put your faith and trust in Jesus and for the first time in your life, you just said yes and you're saying, just like Matthew, I'm stepping out and I am following Jesus. I'm, and I'm stepping into a relationship with him. If you just made that decision tonight with heads bowed all across the room, would you just shoot your hand up at me and make eye contact with me so I can see who you are? I see you right here. Yeah, just shoot your hands up high. I see one there. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Y'all can pick your heads back up. So here's what's amazing, and I'm just gonna go straight to it. There's like 10 or so people at least who just shot their hand up and said, tonight was their night. Like tonight was the night that they're stepping into a relationship with Jesus. And y'all have like, if that's all we experienced this semester, it would be more than worth it right there. Like at least 10 or so people, maybe even some people watching online, just went from death to life. Like, y'all, here's, here's the deal. We say this is a family and families celebrate with one another. Family celebrates with one another when big things happen. So if you just raised your hand, listen, some of you know where I'm going with this. If you just raised your hand, I really don't wanna like put you on the spot. You already made the decision, the greatest decision of your life. Please share that with somebody. But if you just raised your hand and you would just be willing to be so bold to give us like just the, the privilege and the absolute honor to lose our minds and celebrate with and for you, would you just be willing, if that was you tonight, just to stand right where you are. And like, if you're nervous and you need someone to stand with you, just pull your friend up too and be like, stand with me right now. Like, if that's you, would you just stand so we can celebrate with you? I, I know there was a few, you don't, listen, if you don't stand, it doesn't invalidate the decision. Yeah, amazing, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Come on, TLR, we're gonna celebrate a little bit more than that. Come on, come on, yes, come on. That's amazing, can everyone else in the room stand too? Like don't leave them standing alone. Everybody stand all together. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna respond in song. Heavenly Father, whoo. Lord, night one of the semester, spring kickoff. And God, we're seeing you already tonight do miracles. We've seen you, God, do the greatest miracle ever. You just, people who were spiritually dead have come to life in you, Jesus. That's only found in you. So Jesus, thank you for the fact that you're moving. You're moving in our city, God. You're moving across campuses. God, you're doing what only you can do. Lord, we know that in life, storms will come. Things will happen, but we have a firm foundation in you. And God, for those who just put their faith in you, they now can sing this in a different way. For those of us who just put their faith and have put our faith in Jesus, we really do have a firm foundation. Like rain comes, storms come, but we have a firm foundation. So if we could just sing that out a couple times tonight as we close, that would be amazing. Yeah, let it build, come on, come on.
listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the living room ATL. Remember TLR fam, we love you. We're for you and we'll see you next time.